We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads as well at Trevor Lane NBA. Lot to talk about tonight. If you're joining live over on the YouTube channel, welcome in. All of you will be taking some questions and comments as we go through the show. We've got a lot of stuff to get into in terms of the uh, the Lakers front office and the roster build that they've put together. I want to get into how good the Lakers front office is really. So we'll kick things off there. But first, quick reminder, if you haven't done so yet, smash that like button over on the YouTube channel. Help get this video out as much as we possibly can. And of course, if you're not already subscribing to the channel, subscribe. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And podcast listeners over on the podcast side, quick favor. Toss us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcast. Takes you about 20 seconds to do. If you haven't done so yet, give us that five-star rating and review. Certainly would be a big help to the show. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Lakers and what their front office has done. Because we've got a lot to get into there. So it was just a year ago when the Lakers front office was considered to be not good. It was considered to be bad. Bad. And here I've got a, a comment already coming in from uh, Donna Daniel Espinosa saying, hey, Trev, what grade do you give the Lakers for this, this uh, offseason moves, for the moves this offseason? An A. I give the Lakers an A for what they did this offseason. And that is really the key point here to everything, right? The Lakers front office just a year ago, this time a year ago, there wasn't a lot of faith in them. There wasn't a lot of faith in Rob Palenka to get it done, right? We were having the discussion of, and chat, you guys can let me know how you think. Give us, give me your letter grade. What do you think? Do you agree that they are should get an A? Or would you give them something else? Again, fire it off in the chat and let me know. But it was a year ago when we were talking about the Lakers, their front office, and not only if they needed a trade, and the answer was yes, they absolutely did. They had a roster that made no sense, no sense whatsoever, way too many guards, 
Patrick Beverly at like six, one, he's on his tiptoes was going to be a three and D wing defender for the Lakers. Just absurd stuff that we were seeing it. And a lot of that was, they were kind of handcuffed because of the Russell Westbrook contract and, and all of that. And we were legitimately asking the question, if this team needs to trade this badly, do you trust this front office to make that trade? I'm seeing a lot of A's here in terms of the grades that fans are giving. I'm seeing a B plus from my expense, but that was the conversation a year ago. Do you even trust this front office to competently make that trade? Why? Because the Russell Westbrook deal was so bad that it eroded all confidence in the Lakers front office. And it, there was a lot of questionable decisions even around the Westbrook thing, right? You look at the players that they were able to add. You look at the trades that were potentially out there that they either didn't pull the trigger on or, or just weren't quite able, to, quite able to get over the hump and get the deal done. And you also look at what happened with Frank Vogel. The Lakers let go of Frank Vogel. They, they fire him after what I called many times the most miserable season in Lakers history. There was no silver lining. There was no draft pick, anything like that. And the Lakers were awful. They had LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. They had injuries. They had a super old roster and no draft pick to look forward to. It was terrible. It's a terrible, terrible season for the Lakers. And coming off of it, they fired Frank Vogel. They gave Frank Vogel a team with no defenders on it, a defense first head coach and said, you figure it out. And then said, well, you couldn't figure it out. So you're fired. Meanwhile, they extended Rob Palenka, gave him an extension for putting together that team. The guy who you know pulled the trigger on the Russell Westbrook trade. And obviously there were other voices that were weighing in there. But as a result of all of that, the faith in the Lakers front office was eroded. And then we had heard, we had heard, the night before media day, they had the opportunity. It was there for them. Buddy Heald, Miles Turner for Russell Westbrook, both first-round picks, 2027 to 2029, the Lakers hesitated, did not make that move. And a lot of us were saying, man, that was their opportunity right there to dig themselves out of this hole, to get Russ off the roster, to put pieces in that would make sense, to put a big next to Anthony Davis that makes sense and can play with them. And instead, the Lakers said, let's wait. We think that something better may come along at the trade deadline, something that doesn't cost us quite so much. And when you look at what the Lakers ultimately did, I was skeptical. I said they were taking a gamble. It was a risk. It was a risk for them to wait and not do that Pacers deal when it was there for them last year, right before media day. And it worked out. To the Lakers' credit, I didn't think it was going to. I'll be honest, I didn't think it was going to. I thought we were going to hit the trade deadline. They were going to wind up having to pay a bunch in a trade anyway. And uh, I was hoping that wasn't going to be the case, but I was afraid that it was not going to work out. It was They weren't going to find a better deal than the Miles Turner and Buddy, Buddy Heald trade, and we'd be looking back kicking ourselves for not doing that deal. And you could still make arguments for why you should do that. But instead, you look at what happened. Everybody was saying the Lakers, they're going to have to pay a first-round pick just to get Russell Westbrook off the, off the roster, and then they're going to have to pay another first-round pick just if they want anything coming back. That's going to be the price. Around the NBA, teams were refusing to take Russ. The Lakers, you're toast. Nothing you can do about it. You're stuck, and we're all going to point and laugh at you and enjoy it. Instead, they get D'Angelo Russell. They get Malik Beasley. Obviously, that didn't work out, but they get 
Jared Vanderbilt. The price they paid, one first-round pick. They get Rui Hachimura for three second-round picks. Jay Crowder cost five second-round picks, so Rui looked like quite a bargain. Rui winds up being a big piece in the playoffs for them. The moves that they made turned around the energy of the team. They go on a great run. They get to the Western Conference Finals from 2-10 and 10 to the Western Conference Finals. And then you look at the moves they made this summer. So you take all that goodwill, right? All that cautious optimism that Lakers fans now had in this front office. Could it be, finally, they're back on track? Finally, we could trust in their decision-making. And you look at what they did this summer. And look, we don't know. We don't know how all this is going to play out. We know what it looks like on paper, though. That's all we've got to go off of right now. You never know. That's why they play the games. There's no guarantee that this Lakers team is going to be really good. There's a good chance. There's no guarantee that the team this year is going to be really good. But I look at what they did. I look at what other fans of other teams are saying about the Lakers and the summer that they had and the envy that I see from them. And I think, man, they did it. They took all that goodwill, all that cautious optimism that we saw generated at the trade deadline, and they were able to spin it forward into this summer where you get Gabe Vincent. You get Torian Prince at what I thought was a bargain price. I was shocked he was on the market to begin with. You're able to get these guys that you can add to an already really interesting core. You bring back Austin Reeves on an incredible bargain. You bring back D'Angelo Russell on a pretty team-friendly deal. You're able to bring back Rui Hachimura on a deal that, again, I don't think is going to be seen as a negative value moving forward. I think it's a pretty safe deal for Rui. They're able to extend Anthony Davis, have certainty moving into the future. Just keep checking those boxes. Even look at the draft and you could say, well, they shouldn't have taken Jalen Hood Scafino. They should have just taken the chance on, on Cam Whitmore. We don't know how that's going to play out. Their draft history tells us that we should probably give them some leeway there. By the way, happy birthday, Derek Fisher. Today is his birthday. He's another first-round pick for the Lakers that panned out. It worked out very nicely for them. And they made the move to get Max Lewis. They specifically targeted Max Lewis, spent the money necessary to do it, to move up the seven spots and get Max Lewis. Found Colin Castleton, Demoy Hodge, undrafted. Just, I mean, checking boxes one after another after another. One hit after, again, we don't know for sure how it's going to play out. We don't know. But you look what they did this offseason, and you've taken that cautious optimism that was generated at the trade deadline, and you've pulled it forward into the summer. And now you've got six months plus of the Lakers making good moves, of Lakers fans going, oh, we got that guy? It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling, and it's a long way away from where we once were. So when I look at this Lakers summer, I look at this offseason, I think about how good is the Lakers front office really? What my hope is, is that what we've seen out of the Lakers front office over the past six months or so, this is who they really are. This is who they really are. You look at what's happened, right, over the course of the Rob Palenka tenure, right, the timeline here. Post-LeBron, I'm, I'm sorry, post-Magic Johnson, we've got 
a bunch of moves that you could say maybe they were magic. Maybe they were magic. Maybe they were Rob Palenka. I don't know. Look, Evita Zubats, that trade, yikes, right? You made some some tough moves, right? Some bad decisions. Brooke Lopez said saying goodbye to him, bringing in JaVale. And I love JaVale, but man, Brooke Lopez sure would look nice right now. But you look at when Rob Palenka took, took over. Kawhi doesn't come. And so what do you do? You immediately pivot. And your plan B was so good that you win a championship. Unbelievable. That next summer, you recognize that, hey, we're probably going to be playing on tired legs. Let's add some guys. You got the runner-up to sixth man of the year and the sixth man of the year. You got Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. Again, some, this is why we play the games. Not everything works out, but on paper, people went, oh my gosh, the Lakers are the champs and they just got the sixth man of the year and the runner-up, Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell. Oh, and they added Marcus Saul. Oh, and this Wes Matthews guy who's, who's a 3 and D player that should fit perfectly. Now, I think injuries felled that team more than anything else. More than anything. If that team's fully healthy, there's a pretty decent chance the Lakers are back-to-back champs. I firmly believe that. That's how good that team was, particularly defensively. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't happen. That's when they then made their mistake. They panic. They make the Russell Westbrook trade, regardless of what forces were pulling on them to get that done. And that puts them into this tailspin, this gross alternate 1985 hellscape. If I want to reference an old movie, Back to the Future, the second one. And it, we spent about a year and a half in this weird, in the upside down. And then the sun creeps through again. And it's like the Lakers front office is back to me and who they are. So my hope is that that year and a half post-Russell Westbrook trade was a hiccup. It was a blip. It was a costly mistake. It was a painful mistake. But my hope is that it was a rough shooting spell, if we want to use that equivalent. Right? It was a slump. And that what the Lakers did trade deadline this past year on and what the Lakers did, Kawhi saying no all the way up through that 2021-2022 season, that's really what this front office is and who they really are. And if that's the case, if that's the case, if the Russell Westbrook thing was a minor hiccup, okay, major hiccup, I think that gives us a lot of optimism moving forward. And I think a lot of reason to feel confident in this front office and their ability to make the moves that are going to eventually lead this team into a post-LeBron era. So all of those things are important as we're trying to analyze what is this front office really? My hope, and I think the hope for all Lakers fans, is that that Russell Westbrook era, it was a shooting slump. And now they've shot their way out of it. And we're back to seeing who they really are right now. All right. I do need to get into some of your questions and comments coming in. So let's do that. Let me get into some of these. Let's start with Ree. Ree says, I can't wait to see opening night matchups and Christmas Day and our 80 other games. When do they drop the schedule? Okay, Ree. Good question. Good time of year for this. So today, as I'm streaming this live it's august 9th typically it's within a few days on either side of august 19th that's usually right around when 
um, we see the NBA schedule drop. Now, usually a few days ahead of that, though, we'll start hearing, okay, this is this is going to be the opening night matchups. This will be the Christmas Day. Those will leak out ahead of time. So we'll probably, I'm imagining it's going to be the same as it's been the last few years. We'll probably hear early who they're playing on opening night, who they're playing on Christmas, maybe a few of the marquee matchups, stuff like that. And then the full schedule will release sometime, usually within a few days, either side of that August 19th day. So we are creeping up on it. Schedule release is going to be coming up real soon. All right. Joining me, coming in from Lakers Nation, we've got Corey Hansford. Hey. Corey. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Welcome this in, is, Corey. Been, been too is, long. We've had you on the show. Yeah, I know. I know. You know, times is hard. Schedules got to gotta align, but all the stars align tonight. So here oh, we are. and it's not just it, Corey. I mean, fantastic that you're here, but it's not even just Corey. You brought a friend with you. Oh, I it's, hope it's who I think it is. It's the incomparable Ryan Ward. Ryan, welcome in. Oh, I missed you, Corey. <laughs> the, oh, man. From the pools of Las Vegas to the Lakers. <laughs> Same energy, baby. Same energy. <laughs> and sponsored by Bullet Bourbon. Hey, <laughs> Ryan is in the right mindset for, for tonight's show. Um, guys, I, I kicked off the show talking about the Lakers front office and the 180 that we've seen compared to the Russell Westbrook era, trying to answer the question of should we trust in the Lakers front office at this point? Have they rebuilt that trust? So I'm curious, where do you guys stand uh, on that topic? Um, to me, I, I felt like Russell Westbrook trade aside, for the most part, the, the front office under Palenka has done very well. Um, that Westbrook trade was abysmal. It was abominable. It was absolutely... <laughs> Who called Inde- it? Who indefensible, called it? as Ryan will forever point out. We we did this. Um, we did. But I, I feel like they got kind of a bad rap for what happened <clears throat> after the championship year. Like it's forgotten that that Lakers team the following year came out and was once again the best team in the league, starting off until injuries broke them down. Like they didn't make bad moves coming off the championship. They made good moves. The Lakers were dominating, and then AD got hurt, and then LeBron got hurt, and everything fell downhill. Westbrook deal messed up everything, and now they've come back uh, with the moves they made this offseason. So to me, the Westbrook trade is the outlier. That's that's the anomaly in this in this regime, in my opinion, because the other moves when they brought in Mark Gasol, no one was mad that they traded Danny Green to get Dennis Schroeder. Everyone nope. was killing Danny Green after that playoff. They were praising them for that. They were praising the Montrezl Harrell move. Wesley Matthews, like all of these moves were praised at the time. And what they did, you know, in moving Westbrook for the pieces that they got. <clears throat> and now the moves that they've made this offseason. Like the Westbrook trade is the anomaly, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of gotten lost because of how bad that worked out for the Lakers. That's exactly where I landed as well, Corey. And I, I, I used, I like that, that term outlier. I used uh, the Lakers were in a shooting slump, essentially. That's, that's what we saw and what we've seen from them. That's what happened at, um, during, the, during the Russell Westbrook decision-making process there. And then post-trade deadline this past year, we, I'm hoping we got a better sense of who they really are. And then, of course, post-Kawhi saying no, right? like that, that period all the way up until the Russ. Russ trade and then trade deadline this year all the way up until now. My hope is that 
those time periods reflect what the front office really is in, in terms of their decision making. Uh, Ryan, let me let me ask you this though. So this is a related question, but maybe not entirely the same as should we trust the front office? But Ryan, is Rob Palenka a good general manager? Uh, before the trade deadline, I would have said probably not. But after that and all the things that came to pass after, I would, I would say, yeah, the guy's talented. And what he did this summer, I was impressed. Because usually they say, you know, they're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then you do something else because some big name has come available, right? And they didn't do that this summer. They didn't go and, you know, swing some deal for Kyrie and just ruin their whole plans. They just they just stuck to what they said they were going to do. And I, I was kind of amazed by that. But I will say this. It's unforgivable. Two words. Mike Muscala. Oh. <laughs> But but okay, but whose whose ledger do you put that on? Do you put that on Rob's ledger or do you put that on Magic? Right, Magic. Okay. Let's let's be good and just just put it on Magic. He can take that bullet. He's fine. (laughs) He quit the last day of the season. Oh man. That was still the weirdest press conference ever. That was the weirdest thing we've ever seen. That that well, and probably not the weirdest we've ever seen, but that was bizarre. That that was that was bizarre seeing that happen. That one. And then when D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young had to address the video thing, uh, like oh. the last couple of days of the season. Oof. Yep. Yep. What? This is oh. so weird. Bizarre times. Bizarre yeah. times. All right. We've got uh, some more Super Chat questions coming in. Mission 86 said, I'm curious about your thoughts on giving opposing coaches a long-term close-up look at our players in FIBA. I think it's different than the All-Stars since it's longer and more serious. So, I don't. I, the most most concerns that I see from fans about the FIBA World Cup is injury wise. Like, please, Austin Reeves, whatever you do, just don't get hurt in, yeah. in the FIBA World Cup. And that's a, a sentiment that we see across all fans who have a player that's that's playing for Team USA. Which, by the way, was was a lot of fun watching that game uh, the other night. But what are your thoughts on, on that? Like, are, are opposing teams going to get a longer look at Austin Reeves <laughs> now and, and better game plan for? How to handle him? I don't know if I can if I can cross that bridge. I don't, um, namely because he's going to be playing a different role on the Lakers than what he plays in for the World Cup team. Um, his responsibilities are going to be greater. Where he gets the ball, where he operates, is going to be greater. On FIBA, he's more or less going to be playing off the ball. Halliburton, they've got Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, and Brandon Ingram are going to have a lot of touches in being those main top creator so he's mostly going to be playing off the ball you know being the as steve kirk called him the connector um which i mean some in some ways he'll do that for the lakers as well but he's going to be much more on the ball for the lakers um so By it's the hard way, how big was ingram oh he, he was yeah. like he was eating steaks all summer or something man he was <laughs> huge remember that that photoshopped image of alex caruso that was going around a couple summers that ago? wasn't photoshopped what are you talking about the, the, that was he, he had he had taken the super soldier serum that version of alex crew that yeah. that looked like brandon ingram like he was significantly yeah. bigger than what we've yeah. seen before i kept like trying to like i'm like no this gotta be something that's not true like gotta see him from the side or something but no that dude he looked yoked like his yeah. shoulders are huge his biceps are big looks like i'm checking him out but i'm not <laughs> it's all right I if heard- you are it's okay <laughs> somebody in the stands was apparently yelling. I saw somebody on Twitter putting this out there that somebody in the stands was yelling, come back, 
<laughs> Brandon Ingram, uh, a Lakers <laughs> fan. Um, yeah, apparently, like he's happy in New Orleans. Yeah. 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 That's not going to happen, though. All right. Yeah, I, I agree, though, Corey. I don't, I'm not super worried about you know other teams getting to scout Austin Reeves. I do think that's a thing. I think the teams are going to pay more attention to Austin Reeves. I mean, given everything that all the buzz that's been around him, what he did in the postseason, teams are now going to scheme to try to slow down Austin Reeves and, and to deal with him a bit more than we saw last season. And that's something that he's going to have to uh, adapt and overcome. <laughs> and we'll see how that all plays out. That's a good thing, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good thing, because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the team. So how much are you going to completely just put towards Austin Reeves, and that will make life life easier for everybody else? So yeah. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. They had enough to look at. I mean, they went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Seriously, like there's no lack, and they were on national TV all the time. So thirty plus minutes a night in the playoffs. Yeah. What I was impressed by is he came in, and it was as if he had never he didn't stop playing. Yeah. Like he just immediately corner three. I'm like, oh, all right, dude. He looks you so comfortable. Contract. Everybody's there to see him. Maybe you get a little gun shy or start jacking up some air balls, but no. His, his aunts were in the stands. That was didn't cool. That was cool. Didn't, didn't bother him. Uh, Jeremy says the front office has flipped the trajectory of our future in less than one year. Thank you, Rob. And Danny Ainge. Oh, no, those words will never come out of my mouth. Right, like words <laughs> we never thought you'd hear from a from a Lakers fan. Is that is that still where we land? Because there was shock like around the league that number one, it felt like Danny Ainge did a deal where he didn't fleece the other team, and number two, that it was the Lakers that he didn't fleece. Like, is that is that still where our analysis lands in hindsight, looking back at that trade? I don't know. I just think you took an opportunity and didn't really care what the, uh, the result was on the other side. I mean, Utah, Utah's pretty good. I think they're going to be pretty good for a couple of years. Yeah. And they just they got, got Collins. Right? I can't believe how quick they've, they've turned things around. I mean, I thought they were going to be bad for five, ten years, you know what I mean? But We all did. Pretty good team. And then Laurie Markin turned into an all-star. Yeah, I don't know. And- <laughs> Everybody in the West is going to be good this year, just about. Just about, man. It, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I'm ready for the Jeremy goes on to say, I'm ready for that Kobo, Kobe statue. Shout out LN. Uh, the Kobe statue. There was some rumors floating around today about that, about how it's going to have Gigi involved in it and everything, which is is, is great. What, what should the Kobe statue look like? That's a good question, man. I, um, before... You know, the, the whole the GG part of it being part of the statue, I, I was like, you know, you got to do Kobe pointing to the sky after 81 and then like yep. eight on the front, 24 on the back, I think would be cool. Or fade away with the same thing. Um, or like when he's like going like this with his jersey. I, I don't know. I think he's got so many iconic poses, like jumping on the, you know. The, the, the scores table. Yeah. Yeah. Those like screaming in the crowd. I mean, there's just so many different ones you could go with. Those are the I first, the first two creative, for me. Though, you remember Shaq's, you know, dunking in the yeah. corner there? I mm-hmm. think I bet you it'll be something like that, a little bit more creative than just a traditional statue straight up and down. That'd be my yeah. guess. But I did reach out to two people today uh-huh. in the Lakers organization and asked about this because me and Daniel this morning were like, is this legit news? Because it came from UK. Right. I'm like, how did they get the news before we do? And they said they had no idea about this. Like, 
they have no news on it. It took them completely by surprise. So I, I don't know. If, I think somebody jumped the gun. Okay. So this, so that may, as far as like, it was even out there that, okay, this statue is going to be unveiled. Like it's going to be announced on, uh, on August 8th and, and all this kind of stuff of next year, 2020. So it's eight 24 because 2024 that the Lakers had this whole plan. You would think that if that was true, the people that you reached out to in the organization would know those things. Well, like they would say, well, that's going to happen on that date, but yeah. we haven't made decisions yet. Sure. That's what I thought. But the way they, I mean, they, they react, well, one reacted really fast. And then the other one took about eight hours to get back to me. And I'm like, okay. But they both said exactly the same thing. So I don't know if that's like what just they're pushing or, but you know, what cracked me up is they kept saying it's official. It's like nothing's official until the team says right. it's official. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, Nothing's official. Like I even saw ESPN, like me and Daniel were cracking up. We're like, how can ESPN say it's official? And they have no idea. It's what we run with these days. Yeah. I mean, the team, the team publicized, the team will put stuff out there. They'll put out a press release. That's when it's truly official. Um, MHB Manny said, random thought, Trev, how much I wish AD's game winner was at Staples to all the haters. uh, Kiss that 2020 chip. Most hate coups. Really? Uh, it said they, they ain't as... Yeah, I mean, I've seen that going around. People still, to this day, talk about that 2020 championship as though, like, somehow it deserves an asterisk or it's discounted or, or whatever because it took place in the bubble. But, but yeah, I mean, in general, yeah, I would have loved to see that championship won at Staples in front of all the LA fans. Like, that was uh, certainly unfortunate the way it went down, but... It's still just as valid as any other championship, if not more so, based on the conditions that we saw. That that eighty game winner would have been an all time oh, arena sure. arena moment. Yeah. Like as loud as Staples can get, it would have been that loud. Oh, I would be the wide shot of that. For sure. Matt Ryan's game winner. <clears throat> oh yeah, listen. <laughs> okay, Matt Ryan's game winner doesn't need mention. Like it's just above and beyond everything else. Um, I do, I hate how the 2020 championship is viewed it makes no sense to me like i would understand the mindset if the lakers were some five seed and didn't just suddenly went on a run and 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 in the bubble and got hot but they were the best team in the league pretty much the entire year and they literally beat the two biggest competitors milwaukee and the clippers the weekend before the season got shut down they were they weren't, they weren't the top seed, right? They were, what, they were the two? number one seed in the West. Milwaukee had a bad, oh, I think, well, had a game or two above them. Yeah, they were the top seed in the West by a large margin because if you remember, the first game in the bubble that counted was against the Clippers. And Clinch. by winning that, they clinched the top spot in the West. Right. So they had like seven games on number two in the West and had just beaten them before the season, before everything got shut down. Isn't After beating the Bucks, like eight years ago? Like it's it does. So, it feels like it feels like I just hate it. It's just the people act like the Lakers just suddenly got good in the bubble when they were the betting favorites for most of the year. Right. Well, think about as popular as the Lakers, you're going to have just as much haters, right? Oh, of sure. So if everything. Miami won that, the response is pretty quiet. Nobody's running around screaming bubble chip and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'll tell you what drives me crazy is people saying, oh, the Lakers benefited by everything shutting down because that allowed them to get healthy because there was zero chance LeBron and AD were going to be healthy come come playoff time. It's like we've all just completely forgotten that the Lakers were healthy, were rolling when everything shut down, and it was Giannis 
who had just gotten hurt. Like right before everything shut down, Giannis hurt his knee. The Lakers weren't the team that was that was dealing with injuries heading into the postseason, or uh, they were on a roll and then lost home court advantage. But haters are going to hate. Well, it's kind of a silly argument, right? Because so did every other team. Every single yeah. team had the exact yeah, so it's same. It's not like you know. Every single, every single team dealt with the exact same circumstances yeah. that the Lakers did, but because the Lakers handled them better, they get criticized for it. Make it make sense. It doesn't. There is no making that make sense. Uh, Attorney Hero Gaming said a D'Lo, Gabe, Fino lineup will be the death of me. Are we going to see that lineup? Like I know Darvin Ham has this reputation now for loving these three guard lineups are we going to really see that specific three guard grouping i don't think fino's going to see the floor much man i don't either yeah if we see, see that lineup it's going to it, i am concerned with how the season is going. i mean i mean somebody got hurt if that happens multiple people got hurt maybe yeah maybe yeah, and, I, just, and I think that's going to lead to fans being frustrated that they took there, there's that that Think line of thinking that they made a mistake by taking JHS yeah. is going to be perpetuated when it's December, it's January, and he's not playing many minutes at all. There's still going to be complaints about that when I don't, I agree with you, Ryan. I don't think he's going to play much. I don't think he needs to play a lot given so. the guard depth oh. that this Lakers team has. Yeah. Well, I think the sad part is he's going to constantly be compared to um, the Cam Kidding Houston. Yeah. What was his name? Cam Whitmore. Whitmore. Right, right. Yeah, Whitmore. It's going to be all season. It'll be like, oh, well, he did this. And he didn't do this. It's like, uh, kind of feel bad for the kid a little bit. Oh, oh, because he's a Laker. Like, this is this is going to happen. Like, Cam Whitmore is going to have, like, a 25-point game. And what's going to happen is Jalen hood Scafino is going to be trending on Twitter. Yeah. That's going to happen. And he'll get trashed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious because if Cam Whitmore got drafted to this team with the wings that the Lakers have, he wouldn't be playing either. Yeah. And Whitmore true. would not be playing over Vanderbilt or Christie or Rui and definitely not LeBron. Like, he'd be benched just like Jalen will be. Wouldn't it funny how people always act like it's apples to apples in every single situation possible? It's, like it's just not that. It's situational, man. There's a reason why these guys take these things. And you know what? I, I got faith in the, the Lakers front office and drafting you guys. Yeah, like there's he may not seem like much basically. now. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's Austin Reeves. He's Alex Crusoe. He's um, Max Christie. Like, If there's anything to have faith in with the Lakers front office, it's the scouting department. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's the Vita Zuba win. Uh, and it's, it, but people like forget all these things. Like, no one, Larry Nance being picked when he got picked was like, huh? Totally. What? Who is this? Are you That's serious? Right. And Same with Kuzma. People were like, what? Kyle Kuzma, seriously? Kuzma, too. Kuzma yeah. got hot. Kuzma became a hot name at the Combine because he started shooting the lights out when he didn't shoot well in mm -hmm. college. And people were like, oh, the Lakers are going to – like." and he was like a late riser. But at least his name was – Larry Nance's name was not mentioned anywhere. Nope. Kuzma, with, with, Kuzma came with in the, the, uh, the trade with Brooke Lopez, right? Yes. Or the yeah. pick. Yep. Uh, yeah, the pick Lopez. that the Lakers got in the Russell yeah. trade. Yep. That was a steal, man. That was Kuzma. Vita yeah. same thing. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, they traded in. That was, I think, 46. Horton Tucker was 46. Like, all of these are NBA, real NBA players. Didn't Josh Hart just get uh, 20 yeah. million a year? A nice yep. deal. 80, 80 million. And he was yep. a rule guy off the bench. Right. I, it's, that's, that's the crazy thing. 
it's hard to find a miss, right? It's hard to find. There's a miss. one. There's one. Good old Anthony Brown. Yeah, I was gonna say Anthony Brown. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Anthony well, Brown. Mo, Mo Wagner's still in the league, but, but Anthony Brown. Yeah. Thomas Bryant. Old, right? Thomas Bryant. Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, this guy. Uh, Manny said he meant. Cause they ain't us, not uh, Kuz. He Kuzma. All right, that makes gotcha. sense. I was like, why are we taking shots at Cal Kuzma right now? Uh, Kuzma what is happening? What is happening? Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Personally, I'm the shopper right i look around a lot of different places trying to make sure i'm getting the best deal particularly when it's a bigger purchase which well tickets to a sporting event they usually are so i shop around to a lot of different places so game time takes away my stress when i'm shopping for tickets because they offer a lowest price guarantee which is absolutely phenomenal so it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. No surprises. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And because of that game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Think about that. That's how convinced game time is that they will offer you the lowest price they offer that guarantee that way you can buy with confidence and avoid that stress the tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that you get them right to your phone so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use the code lakers nation for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hey, let me let me ask you guys this question. Because you guys mentioned uh that Cam Whitmore is not going to be playing over Jared Vanderbilt. What do the Lakers do with Vando? He's extension eligible. Should they or he will be in, in good time? Should they extend Jared Vanderbilt? If you were to ask me right now, I would say yes. But um, because I don't think you can get guys like that very easily, right? Guys that can can fill it up defensively. And with his length, what did he grow a couple inches over the summer, right? I mean, that picture uh, that's going around of him standing next to Rui. And Rui is 6'8", and Bando looks, I mean, significantly taller than Rui. Um, I I think those kind of guys are super valuable, man. Kind of like, I mean, would you guys say a comp would be like uh, Herb Jones? Yeah. Less athletic? A little bit, yeah, not quite as as lanky. Like, he's lanky, but Herb Jones has that ridiculous wingspan. Right. And the defense, but he's that type. Yeah. Defense versus kind of mentality. Right. Sure. Um, I think it depends on the number. Um, who Who knows what, like, with the way the cap is going, with the way these maximum contracts have have gotten, you basically can get two max guys at most, and then you've got to be very, very smart in how you handle the rest of that. 
um, the rest of your roster and how you build that. So to me, it depends on the number, but I am still a Vando believer. Um, to me, oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure what the lineups are going to be once this season starts. But if you still plan on starting D'Angelo Russell, to me, you got to have Vando in that lineup because who else is going to guard the other team's best player if he's not in there? I don't you, think they're going to start. I think Gabe Vincent's going to start. If Vincent starts, then Over. I'm fine with Rui starting. Okay. <laughs> to me, that's the those are the pairing. Like, you have to have Gabe and Rui and Vando and D'Lo. Like, because yeah. – You know what? What is cool, it is kind of – when you look at the rosters, like, you got a lot of interesting – Mixes there, yeah, you do a lot of different combinations, right? Which is something they haven't had in a long time since they won the championship. That's what made the championship team pretty much so good. And it's what's it's probably the least talked about thing within that championship roster. But it was the Lakers could play any style that you once wanted to play. You wanted to go big and physical, we can do that. You want to go smaller and faster, defense shooters, they had all of those options and they would adjust accordingly. And that's kind of what you need to do. And to an extent, they had that last year, but then the wings stopped, forgot how to shoot. And um, that (laughs) ruined a lot of things. I did have one question that I thought of earlier today after seeing that, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Davis is going to get 62 annually average. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to the first $100 million man for one year, right? Who's that going to be? It's going to be somebody, and it's going to be within probably the next five years, I would say. Well, I would, still. It's going my to be pick would be uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander. Really? Uh, no, I think he, it's, it's got to be somebody who's young enough, right? And I yeah. think he's young enough to where he may be able to, to, to uh, cash in at the right time on this next contract, right? I think him and Luke are both uh, two years from now is their contract. Run. I think Luke it's, is a good pick, too. Lucas, Shea, and I think Giannis all run. All, all contracts are up within two years, if I'm not mistaken. But I think you Shea I think it's gonna be? is still on his rookie year. Hmm. But no, no, no. He's tired. Who? Uh, Victor Wembanyama. I'm saying his name right. Okay, that's a good pick. Ah, but, right? But he would have to. He would have to qualify for the 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 Rose Rule, where he can get the true max contract and go up a, right. a tier, because he wouldn't have enough years of service to get that full. Max, so he'd have to make an all NBA team or, or whatever in order to do yeah. it. Two but all NBAs or or do it the year before your yeah. Uh, but he could certainly do it. He could certainly do it. About that, huh? Yeah, it's nuts, <laughs> right? Just like when I saw today that uh, Nick Wright said that Dak Prescott's going to be the next sixty million dollar man. Yes, <laughs> one year. Yeah, look, I know you're just trying to throw man. that in my face, but I'm I actually <laughs> I'm actually optimistic about my Cowboys this year for the first Dude, time in a long time. You guys are so stacked now, on both sides. Um, I think it's more defense than offense. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. And I don't buy for the Chargers this year. So uh, hope you know get get uh, the preteen to come down here uh, for that week. Preteen. <laughs> 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 that should be his nickname right there. The preteen. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He's going to hate me for this now. <laughs> he will. I love it. <laughs> oh no, Sean. Um, <laughs> so let me get, let me ask this question. So uh, you guys know we do our segment, the Master Lock of the Night. We do that after every game, and we pick something that annoyed us during the game, and we put it in Chris the Masterpiece Master's uh, finishing hold, the Master Lock, figuratively. 
So let's do this. Who gets the master lock of the off season? And let's make it official. Master lock of the night. Who's the most annoying thing from from the from a summer that featured a lot of celebration for Lakers fans? Say Sean falling asleep in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good pick. That's oh, a good pick. That is, that is a great one. Uh, um, dude, I remember him just being fine. I, I, I think I started talking to Chris. I turned back around five minutes later. Nothing. Done. <laughs> like, dude, you're the last person that should be like this right now. Love it. Oh, um, man. That's that's a good one. That's, that's, that's a good a one. one. That's, that's tough to beat. Um, the most annoying, as far as Lakers, um, the idea of Jackson Hayes starting next to Anthony Davis. Oh, I like that. That's, that is bothering me to no end. That you know, you don't I, think that'll work? Not with LeBron now playing the three, because again, who's going to guard now? So now, when we're playing, matching up against whoever, we're matching up. Against, so LeBron's going to have to guard one of the main players now, or you're throwing AD out there and keeping him away from the rim, which is where he's most effective. And you're putting a bigger defensive workload on Austin Reeves at a time when you're also supposedly giving him a bigger offensive role. And now he's going to have to chase around these guards. It's that, that does not work for me. Not with Bron at three, maybe if you throw in another shooter, someone else in there. Uh, But as a starting lineup, Bron, AD Jackson Hayes, I'm I'm not here for it, uh, especially from a defensive, and especially if LeBron keeps shooting like he did last year, which I hope was just uh, a rough stretch. Yeah, same. I hope the you know if LeBron's three. That's going to be key because the Lakers, if you crunch the numbers, their three point percentage it does not look like it's going to be good this next season. But if LeBron's goes back up to where he typically sits, you know that thirty five ish percent, thirty six even, if he gets back up to that, okay, that goes a long way towards. Um, not totally fixing the problem, but at least making you a little bit more respectable there. When I look at, at the offseason, though, and I look at what's what's been annoying or what's been master lock worthy, I think it's the response to Austin Reeves getting named to Team USA. How many people were saying, oh, he, he doesn't deserve to be there. He doesn't belong with that team. And fortunately, I could say, I think, I think Austin's already taken care of it himself by the way he's playing. But... Yeah. I saw a lot of people saying, oh, that Austin's not really very good. It's just Lakers fans hyping him up because there's so many Lakers fans. That's what's really going on here. That was certainly a, a, an annoying response to Austin getting there. But like I said, I think Austin is already shutting all those people up. Last I checked. Can you hear stuff like that? You immediately think, well, they didn't watch him at all. Yeah. They haven't watched a minute of him playing basketball. That but, dude is so fundamentally sound and so comfortable and so confident. Um he fits. I mean, he's a perfect fit on that team. He fits anywhere. Anywhere. Exactly. He's, he's, what do they call it? Um, who said that, who, who coined that term, a Swiss Army knife? Like a, like a player that could be like a Swiss Army knife. And he just I don't do know it. who coined kind it. Of any. I yeah, fits. I don't know who came up with it, but it's accurate. Yeah, I think he's he kind of fits that, that kind of mold. I mean, I, the guy's only going to get better, too. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. It's not going to just stop. The more confidence he gets, the more he plays with these other guys too. Like, there's no. Style. And that's the key. And that's what's so. It's always been the case with Team USA participation, and guys getting around those other guys and going, "Oh, 
oh, that's how you went. Like, that's all of the famous stories from when Kobe joined Team USA in 2008. Was right. All of those guys, just before they reached their peak, peak the Wades, the LeBrons, the Boshes, mm-hmm. the Carmelo, going, yeah, we're already good. We're all-stars. And then we see Kobe, and we're like, oh, that's how you were. That's, that's different. Doing. That's what it takes. Yep. And then incorporating those things. And that's what happens. Like, no, this Team USA isn't the most star-studded, but it's a Anthony Edwards, to me, is about I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Yeah, these are mm-hmm. really good. Paolo Bancaro is a problem. Like, yeah. these are some very, very talented people on here. And to be around that um, is only going to help your game as a whole. Uh, it's Like you said, it's funny. Is people are just like, oh, he's only got there because he's the Laker. Fan vote did not choose Team USA. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no sense that it. No, they picked him because they believed he fit and he does. And, um, you know, they did the same thing with Crusoe. He's overrated. He's not that good. He's a highlight reel. And then he goes to Chicago. And I have a very good friend who's a Bulls fan who I think second or third game in texts me and goes, I've never seen a player have more of an impact on a game with like two points and three assists. (laughs) <laughs> effort, man. Effort shows. Shows more than anything, I think, honestly. Yep. Sticks out like a sore thumb because there's a lot of players in the league that don't give any effort or any energy. And that, both of those guys are pure effort and energy. Yep. They got there through heart and hustle, and, and uh, they continue to do it. And I think Austin's going to continue to grow. Uh, as far as the ceiling goes, Matty James is asking, can he be an all-star caliber player? Darvin Ham uh, was talking about this over on uh, Mark Stein's podcast in Las Vegas. Uh, back beginning of July, and said, yeah, said Austin's going to be an all-star caliber player. Where do you guys stand? Is that the ceiling for Austin Reeves? Can he get to – I don't want to say he'll make the all-star team because the Western Conference, all the guards there, you know, it, it could be – it gets tricky. But can he be at that level, all-star level? I wouldn't be shocked, but I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it either. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's got that, that um, the potential to do that. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count on it. I would. I'd just be like, I. It's gonna s- sound bad, but like, I think you know, if some injuries happen, he could be one of those guys that are like below that get called up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's on that tier. You know, he's on that that line. So you never know. I mean, it's, we could be talking two years from now, and be like, oh my god, we we really doubted that this guy could be an an all star. It's just he's one of those. Those those kind of players where you just you don't know how high he can go, but I mean I'm not saying MVP and all that stuff, but All Star maybe maybe he's already surprised me right now. Where yeah, at. for sure. Um, Trevor, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think he'll be All Star caliber without being named an All Star, strictly because of what yeah. you said. The guards in the West are just it's. I mean, come on, you're talking De'Aaron Fox, Shea, uh, Steph. Luca, Kyrie, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal's over here now. Mm-hmm. Like it's stacked in in the West, uh, especially at the guard position. That it's going to be very tough um, for him to be named an All Star, but he'll be viewed as you know right new Mike Conley. New Mike go. Conley, I like it. I like That's that. Good. I like that. Yeah. That's, That's really pretty good. good. That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, Reed chimes in and says, as a LeBron fan, saying why people discount the bubble championship. It's also because the GOAT has a lot of haters. No one wants him to get a ring. If any other Hall of Famer won, they would go crazy. 
they say part of the reason why people attach it's not just a Lakers hate thing, but it's a LeBron hate thing, and that's why people still put that asterisk by the Lakers 2020 championship. Yeah, that's probably got something. That's a fair point. That's yeah. definitely that's- something to do. That's a, absolutely yeah. a fair point. Like if it was Kobe, I think it'd be a different conversation. Huh? Yeah. It would be that's, yeah, yeah. that's Mamba mentality right there. He got yeah, in trouble. Yeah. He focused. He got his team to get. There's yeah. definitely some truth to to the LeBron. And that coming from I'm Le, LeBron's never been my my favorite person either. Oh, yeah, but, um, absolutely, uh, that has something to do. Not even yeah, question. that's that's got to be part of it. You know, there's the LeBron versus Steph guys, the Steph Curry fans. They're gonna you know they're gonna try and say anything to try to knock down LeBron and, and all that kind of stuff that we see. Um, uh, here's a we are I believe contractually obligated at this point to mention Christian Wood on every show. Um, <laughs> I said, uh, Maddie James said I'm really not in on Christian Wood liability on defense and feel his attitude could be an issue in the locker room. Uh, Wojcik had that that little bit uh, for the LA Times that number one the Lakers feel like they have the best best offer for Christian Wood if he has to take a veteran minimum what they can offer situationally is the best he could get. And number two, that they can be the team that can make it work. That seven other teams didn't make it work with Christian Wood, but that they can be the team that can make it work. So where do you guys stand? The Lakers need to fill that 14th roster spot. That sounds really bad, huh? Seven teams couldn't do it, but we're going to do it with all the added drama that comes just naturally. Right. What's that that Arrested Development quote? I don't know. They they all all delude themselves into thinking it could work for them, and it never does, but it just might work for us. Yeah. It's something along it's, those lines. I mean, that's but and that's any percent good, of the time it works every, every time. time. Right. <laughs> it's any any coach, any organization that is going to have that mindset, though. Like that's you see that throughout all yeah. this with CDNFL. Oh, this troubled player, whatever. But our system, if we get him in here, we can you know we can control that. And in fairness, LeBron has had some guys who he's been able to corral and make good to to help win the championship jr smith what up um <laughs> i did one interesting thing it was a while ago though um that once these trades like damian leathard and, and james harden um move change teams there's gonna be some players that get bought out and stuff like that yeah um that the lakers might be waiting for that and zoo might be a possibility i'm here for that that he, that he would get get bought out if Harden because, is, like if he, got oh, traded, because he would get put into the Harden trade yeah something like that but mm. I don't know I, I mean honestly at this point I don't know what the hell I believe because so many things are going yeah like, um, I thought all that stuff would be done by now I, I think the, in August and it's like nothing's happened like Zoo is at 10.9 million this season 11.7 next season so that's below mid-level exception money for him Mm-hmm. Like why? To me, that doesn't. Even if you're a team that doesn't need a center, that's still decent value to where somebody would want that. Con- it's it's not like he's making thirty million uh, on that or something. And so, well, we need him to give back some money and we'll buy him out or, or whatever. Like, I would think you could flip that. But hey, I hope you're right, Ryan. I hope that that happens that's in the exactly Lakers. Right. That'd, be, that'd be fantastic. When I, when I heard it, it didn't sound realistic. But I was like, yeah. you know what? If it does happen. How cool would that be? Make up for Muscala, that's for sure. That's right. I'm, I'm here for all of that. Um, but, you I, I, but what do you guys think about about Christian Wood? Would he be? He's high right now. Let Let's say that they 
they they're not able you know something crazy doesn't happen on the buyout market or whatever and it becomes okay it's going to be christian wood your options are christian wood or like you go with a tristan thompson or a bismack biombo or somebody like that are you taking christian wood it's worth the risk yeah on a minimum deal on a minimum deal the ceiling on that is high enough that it's it's worth the risk and if it doesn't work like that's a even if it's a fully guaranteed deal, it's a minimum deal. You I can think, get off of that. I don't with think the team that's a playing as well and it, as 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 they have and the chemistry that they already have, I don't think one guy, one bad seed is going to screw it all up, right? So maybe you're right, Corey. It's it is worth it. If, you're if you the, you know if he's garbage or whatever, and if he may cause problems, you're gone. Yeah, you know, somebody right. else will put your, your shoes exactly. right away. Tristan Thompson be like begging to come back, right? And and the upside on that is a guy who can come off the bench or start, stretch the floor, thirty-eight percent shooter from three, and still rebounds the ball very well, and has even at times shown some rim protection. He's had some decent defensive plays from here and there that you could lock in if you're next to AD, and with LeBron being in your ear at all times. Like the talent is undeniable. So yeah. if it's there, you know, if you, you've got a shot for it, then, yeah, go for it. I don't think Biombo is the worst backup option because that's the kind of big that I want the Lakers to grab. Anyway, we need a physical big body, which we still don't have um, because these guys are not – yeah, Jackson Hayes is going to get pushed around worse than AD was by Jokic. What if it's <laughs> JaVale? What if it's JaVale, what if no, JaVale is out there? Do you take him? I think JaVale. He's cooked. He's 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 done in he's Dallas cooked. from what we've heard. Cooked. He's not good. He was he's out of just I don't think he has even what Tristan Thompson randomly gave the Lakers in that last I don't think Javel could do that. Really? Wow. Uh he's bad. He was bad. It's a shame too, because he, he fits so well him. next AD. Great. I, I yeah. love JaVel overall, but just yeah. in general, I'm I'm Man, like the way you, these guys fall off, like uh, right after fast. winning the championship, it's like, geez, it's like Drummond when he came here. Like all of a sudden, he's just not the same dude anymore. It happens Campbell fast. It happens fast for some of these guys. Um, yeah, I mean, Javale, he's he's interesting, right? Just because he knows the organization and everything. But I keep going back to like, man, Jason Kidd wasn't given him minutes, right? It's not like that. Like a coach that knows him knows him well, one with him, like Jason Kidd wasn't given. It's not like it was a random coach that hadn't, you know, coached him before or whatever. It was Jason Kidd that he wasn't getting minutes with. So that's yeah. that's concerning. Uh, but I'm rooting for him. I'm certainly rooting for him. Is the next question, JaVale McGee, why are you not rooting, rooting for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, let me get into let me get into this. Uh, so we've got a lot of people that are that are talking a little bit about you know this this whole center situation, what the Lakers can do, who they can add there. Um, are you of the mindset when you look at at playing next to AD? Would you be opposed to going for like a like giving Colin Castleton a shot or somebody a younger guy it doesn't have to be Castleton, but a younger player really maybe bringing up from the G League rather than bringing back one of these veteran guys that's now like mid thirties. I, why not? What do you have to lose? Honestly, 
I mean, is he going to destroy your old team? Are you going to you know lose less? Right. You know, I I just, why not? I like what that kid does on the court. He was good. Yeah, he was real good. And he might be that next guy. You know, that next guy that nobody sees coming. Why not? I'm open to anything. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. I'm, I'm open Russell to Westbrook's it. a motto, right? Why not? <laughs> just have fun. Just have fun. <laughs> just, just have fun. Just, hey, what do you guys think about the comment um, from Ty Lu about how the Clippers didn't have a leader until Russell Westbrook got there? That says just a like, lot about the Clippers. I don't take that as a shot. Like, I don't take that as a shot to Westbrook at all in no. any way. That's a sorry, Kawhi, Paul, George. Y'all supposed to be the best players. I just pictured like a wagon on fire, like rolling down a hill. <laughs> well, at least Westbrook's right, you know, steering the ship here. Like, really? You know what? Oh, the, the sad part is, like, you do hear a lot about, you know, him being a really good teammate and all that. I just. All the teammates love him. That's been every. It's been yeah, every teams, dude, and no success. Multiple. Outside yeah. Of, uh, for sure. For sure. Like, uh, success aside, the players who played with him, for the most part, outside of Durant, petty comments every now and then, mm-hmm. um, everyone else has spoken uh, from Oklahoma City to Houston to Washington to the like. Everyone has always spoken highly of him as a teammate. You mm-hmm. never hear about which says a lot to his character and just the kind of person he is. 
And he was just a terrible fit with the Lakers that wasn't going to work. Quite frankly, he wasn't that great of a fit with the Clippers when they were healthy e- uh, either, but everyone got hurt, as happens with the Clippers all the time, and then and that, Westbrook was then, in that same position again. With Harden on top of that now, if that mm-hmm. happens? That's hilarious. It's just, Harden... it, oh, my God. It's going to be – going to have, like, that circus music playing in the background. <laughs> That one, yeah, yeah. So, so that would be a lot of Ben. It would be Russ Harden, PG, Kawhi, and Zubats, I guess, unless he gets moved or something. Then it would be Plumley. Right. Wow. And then who? They got no bench whatsoever now, huh? It depends on who they move out. Well, they got Terrence Mann. Uh, Terrence Mann, I would assume, would still be there, uh, not getting enough minutes that he should be getting over the other players. Doesn't Philly want him, and they yeah. won't give him up? Yep, Terrence Mann's that's, good. That's the I'm not mad at Philly for what. If I'm Philly, no. I'm. And if, if you look, think think about this, guys. If you're Philly, and you don't get something good, what's Joel Embiid gonna say? Oh, Bye. I'm out. Right? Like that's that's instantly a problem, right? Before if you, do, if you go, he's gonna ask out. Yeah, yeah. You you take the the poo poo platter, just to move James Harden and get something, and it's yeah. not very good. Embiid's going to go, oh, cool. Thanks for wasting my season. Uh, remember my comment about winning a championship maybe somewhere else? Yeah, let's talk about that. That's what's going to yeah. happen. They can't a take big it. Guy, a, a big guy like him, they don't stick around for very long, right? Mm. Their primes are very short because their body just can't handle that abuse every single season. I mean, he started that way. He's probably going to finish that way, right? He's already so been more capitalized on that window right now. He's been healthier for longer than most people would have predicted, considering right? how his career started. Yeah, he, exactly. He turns thirty this season, and B does. Wow, man, time flies. Right, but part I of still he didn't play him. for his on the couch on draft day, and he's just yeah. like so pissed off that he's going to Philly. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, but uh, but so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see. You know, does that ultimately turn into James Harden to the Clippers? And then what does that look like? But nonetheless. Apparently they didn't have a leader until until Russell Westbrook walked through the door. And I mean, I, I think like, that's that's like more Corey of a shot says, at Kawhi and Paul George than anything that's else. That's not good, man. You got two superstars and you don't have a leader. What the hell is that saying? Just yeah. a rudderless ship. Why they haven't won a championship? That's, yep. that's what it is. It's it's as 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 crazy as that offseason was. Only one of those duels that came together in 2020 won a championship, and it was in purple and gold. Kawhi and PG, same summer. KD mm-hmm. and Kyrie, same summer. None of them won, except for Bron and AD. And yet people look at the AD trade and go, did the Lakers really give up too much for AD? It's hilarious to me. You won a championship. <laughs> won That's a all championship. that matters. You won, go, check you won a picks, go check how many draft picks the Clippers still owe to Oklahoma City. And and I would assume you guys are with me on this. I would take SGA over Paul George in an easy, yeah. right? And they got SGA plus a bunch of picks for yeah. Paul George. Yeah, unreal. I mean, the, if you think about it at the moment, it made sense, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe how much it's turned since then. And they got Kawhi too, right? They, like they right. don't get, they don't get Paul George; they're not getting Kawhi. So that was the the math for the Clippers. Was it's, we were, it's, all we're getting both guys. Because when yeah. when Kawhi agreed to sign, and then 
like an hour later was Paul George or even half hour oh, later. Was like, oh, that was an insane out. night. That was yeah. because that was the same night the earthquake hit during summer league with Zion's yep. game. The Zion, the Zion or... night. I vividly uh, remember that night. That was really? insane. I was, at, I was at a bar and I it the aftershocks came all were felt all the way down here too. So wow. I'm sitting at a bar as the arena in Vegas is shaking. I'm watching that and like the chandeliers in the bar that I'm in. Like Arstow was the epicenter, right? I forget exactly what it was, it? but I or know Bacon? it. Something like that. Yeah, it was failed. I looked up and there was literally the chandeliers in the bar that I'm watching are slowly wavering as I'm watching the giant Tron inside of Las Vegas Arena going side to side. I'm going, how the hell is this possible? <laughs> wow, man, that was that was definitely a crazy night. That was a crazy night. Yeah. This off season didn't feature fireworks like that, but that night was insane. You had the Zion thing, you had the Paul George thing with with Kawhi and all that, and then and then the Lakers immediately responded by like they they signed Danny Green. Like it comes out, the Lakers are signing Danny Green. They're signing you know Boogie Cousins and all this kind of stuff happened. That was, whew, that was a fun night. I remember, I remember when they signed Cousins. I was like, it's over, it's over. These guys are not gonna be able to compete with them. There's no way. Oh, and then that freak uh, Achilles tear, right? That was uh, it. It was his knee. Was it ACL? He was ACL. Oh, no. It was might have been ACL, right? Something he, like that. He did it in a pickup know. game or something. Yeah, it was definitely in a pickup game for sure. Little pickup game, blew out his knee, and then they went and got Dwight. Got Dwight Howard. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And then they won a championship. Then they won a championship. Uh, last question we'll get to uh, tonight. Uh, I'll get to the other ones that I we're not going to have have time to do. Uh, I'll save those, put them on the next show. But three theories set off topic. What do you all think about players playing 1v1? Is that – can we add that into All-Star Weekend? So the players would never go for it, but that would be so much fun. They did in the past. They did, they in, the did past. in the past. When? Uh, I posted on my Instagram like six months ago, Kareem and Dr. J going head-to-head. Right. Bad way. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I think – there's a competitiveness for some the players right guys. that they can the right absolutely, and especially because who doesn't want that crowd? Who would? Okay, well, here's a good question. Then who? Kevin who would be those two guys? Huh? Who would do it? KD would do it. KD oh, just likes to hoop. KD, KD would. KD would do oh, it if, if, if Twitter KD. got on his case about it. No, KD would <laughs> absolutely do it, and he'd be the favorite immediately. Who, who would take him on? Um, I think Kyrie would. I could see who's real. I, I could see like De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox being in that. He's crazy competitive like that. That he'd want to be a part of that. Um, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it would. Be okay, who here. who would say no? LeBron. The Bills. Yeah, right. Like, honestly, doing I think it. I think, I think a lot of guys that. would say no. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it's the, like the dunk contest, right? Yeah, a lot of those guys just not gonna. They don't want to risk getting hurt and getting embarrassed. All you need is a couple is a couple main guys. You you get if it's hypothetically eight persons, like you said, that really love to play basketball. Like you get two all star level guys, and you can mix and match the rest of guys, uh, everyone else. But if you get two top guys, I think everyone else will go. Books are gonna be that. Devin, do you guys get it? Because in one on one, there's no way to double teams. Ah, there you go. Love it. (laughs) 
First round matchup: Devin Booker versus Paul George. Make it happen. Oh, that would be pretty good. That'd be good. That'd be pretty good. Oh, this one says the most potential is Ja. If you did Ja Morant in there, Ja, Ja, and Fox. Ja versus Fox would be. That would be a good one. That would be dope. I think the speed kind of equals out. You know, I think you got. They're not great shooters, but they're you know they can hit shots. I'd like to see. Pretty, I'd like to see cool. Ingram go against Durant. That would be dope too. That would be fun. Uh, you, I, take, I, you take Ingram. One. Uh, no, I'm taking Durant over anybody. I'm <laughs> one on one scoring. I'm taking Durant over anybody. Still, if Durant it, is it, no, I'm not. In terms of grudge matches, like That's talk about you know like grudge. you got to sell the fight, right? So who are who are two guys who like legit don't like each other? What would be the ideal like peak drama? With two guys who really want to beat each other, that you could put into a one on one match. D book and Paul George. D book and Paul George. That's why I brought I like that, that up in the first place. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know this one. Uh, Draymond Brooks versus LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. Draymond versus somebody. Draymond and somebody. Draymond versus a bonus. Are we doing Draymond? Oh, that'd be that would be interesting. What about uh, what about Pat Bev and Russ again? Oh, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> I would pay to see that. That, that. You know what that reminded me of right away was uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two scrappers who like, you're just waiting for somebody to get knocked out. Yeah. What did you think Brooks of that anyway, Corey? You're an MMA I didn't watch it. I, I, you didn't watch I didn't it? Watch it. it wasn't I, bad. I, I know. I saw some highlights. Nate I was entertained. Okay. I knew what was going to happen. Ah, CP3 versus Bad Beth. He's right. That's a good one. He's Ooh, right. That's, good. that's the one. That's good. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I, I struggle with. Oh no! Oh no! Oh! oh. <laughs> oh. Larsa as the ref. Let's go. <laughs> I need Larsa as the ref. Come on, make it happen. Wow. Um, that's that's me. That's wrong, but I love it. Um, no, yeah, I haven't watched that that fight. I'm tired oh. of seeing my favorite MMA people. That this is way oh, too like obvious, that. but. But I mean, it. this would be epic. Embiid versus Jokic. Who's the real MVP? Right? Like that would be. Who wins that? Who wins? Embiid wins it. Embiid probably wins it. More posts. I don't or think what? either one. More body. Yeah, I mean, how is it officiated? <laughs> That's who's the ref? Because Embiid will get it. Will get to the free throw line every time he's got the ball. If depending on how it's officiated. But I do think Embiid wins it. I think Jokic is more of a team guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Might. I mean, don't go. Jokic can go one on one. He proved that last year when teams were like, "We're just going to not Luka double." Luka. Ooh, that's not bad. <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned Luca. Like Luca's, there's got to be a few matchups with Luca. Um, Austin Reeves versus Josh Green. It just popped in my head. Um, <laughs> Austin huh? Reeves, Alex Caruso. Book it. <laughs> uh, why don't white crime so true so what we're going for <laughs> oh that's that's a good the battle one too. for that's the good. battle for the uh can we make it a three-way throw christian brown in there for the best american white guy in the in the nba there you go there you go uh chet versus web the endless oh, arms oh, oh, oh. matchup that. <laughs> that'd be it. a good one there's so to... many ones you can go just like yeah. Steph versus Dame would be absolutely captivating. Dude, that's oh, good yeah. too. Steph versus Dame would be amazing to watch. Just yeah. it's never gonna happen. That's the problem. It's never gonna actually happen. 
because too many guys would say no, they don't want to, you know, because you don't want to risk losing. If you lose, then yeah. then people are going to, you know, give you crap for it forever. But, but it could be like boxing, the rematch and the rematch mm-hmm. of part three. And you know what I mean? Right? Like the trilogy, the rubber match. Yeah, yeah, it would just go on top of each other. I just thought of uh, he, he kind of diffused it recently, but Clay versus Clay versus Book would have been good if Clay didn't mm. kind of yeah. diffuse it recently. I take Book though. Clay's too slow now. Yeah. Can't keep up. Cool's, yes, winner gets a share <laughs> in the crypto of their choice. <laughs> can we uh, can we go outside of basketball and can we do Sean Payton against Nathaniel Hackett? <laughs> Ooh, I like it. I, I don't know who I'm taking it out. Maybe probably Peyton. I'm going with Peyton. Yeah. Did you guys I watch Hackett? Hackett had some guns, though. I was watching uh, Hard Knocks the other day. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. The, vo- the voice of God. I like the, the voice of God. God. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Right. Oh, we got a, this one. How did we miss this? Oh. Caruso, Caruso against Grayson Allen. I'm you know what that just reminded me of? Uh, Sasa Vujicic and uh, Dragic. Dragic. That's a good Dragic. one. Yeah, oh, that's, that, a, that's a long-term, yeah. That's a long-term mm-hmm. story. Talk about a beef or a grudge match. I'm still mad at the Bulls for no one taking out Grayson Allen after that. I'm I'm just I'm so disgusted. Sean versus the internet? Sean, Sean, they, they, they <laughs> versus his, facial hair. They mean his internet connection. Sean versus his, his Wi-Fi. I'm here with Sean versus facial hair. I'm here for. Oh no, Sean, Sean versus nap time. Nap time wins. That's just not even fair. Come on. Oh, guys, we have gone off the rails. We love you, Sean. <laughs> oh, Get this those memes. This was a fun show, though, guys. Hey, thank you, guys, so much for for coming on. We'll wrap things up there, Corey, uh, Corey, and, and Ryan. This was this was great, guys. Show. always a pleasure all right everybody watching over on the youtube channel thanks again for joining us make sure you do subscribe to the lakers nation youtube channel of course go follow us on the podcast feed at uh apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts and check out lakersnation.com for all the written work till next time everybody see ya and stay safe